Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. I am coming to you live from Nantucket. Sleaze, this place doesn't suck. Kind of like the Travelers Championship. Also did not suck. Yeah, rough living. Try to try to slum it up there for us in Nantucket on the yachts and the a lot of vineyard vines being worn around that place. Glad to see you're, wow. you're staying comfortable on the road. I was worried about you for a little bit. But last week, I want to know, because we talked about it on the show last week and on radio, any sight of the infamous Colt Nost heckler who we tried to we tried to smoke him out as hard as we could. I tell you what, I always enjoy my time up in Hartford. I was waiting. I was slightly nervous Thursday and Friday, walking up 18, and I never heard anything. I heard a lot of positive cheers, a lot of subpar, get amongst it yells, no negativity, no one coming at me. A few guys did ask me, have you seen the heckler this week? I'm like, no, I'm waiting. But I went the whole week, and I never saw him. It's disappointing, dude. What a, what a freaking coward, man. Get out there. We've been trying to smoke you out. We're giving you the platform. want you to come on and talk about it, all this stuff. If you're going to do it when the kid's playing, we're giving you a heads up now. He's going to be walking around. You can't miss him. And uh, no show. So I know I was keeping up with you a little bit during the week. I was hoping that dude would pop his head up, and then you could just walk him back. Dude, just come on, come on inside. Let's talk about this. I want to know. I want to know the origin behind it. All right, you're gonna have to get another heckler somewhere else along the way that we can that we can bring on. But also, you had a little little B day this week too. Congratulations from all the all the all the folks back home in Scottsdale, doggy. Thank you. Appreciate it. By the way, I was at dinner um, on Saturday night, the night of my birthday, with um, a few, quite a few people. And you were gracious enough. Well, I didn't know it was actually from you because the manager brought over a round of shots, a round of tequila shots, which I do enjoy. And they say, these are from Sleeve. And I'm like, Sleeve? <laughs> Who the hell Sleeve? I was like, Sleeves? He goes, oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, dude. So, I called very, very out. great. Yeah. He, he also said, he goes, uh, I was like, oh, that's nice. Something he just gave me his credit card. He goes, no, he just told me to bring you some shots and put it on your tab. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that sounds like my guy. I should have. In hindsight, I actually should have done that. But I called the place up. I got where you're we're eating. I called like, yo, I need five shots. You were with five people. I was like, five shots over here. Best stuff you got, whatever. Send it over there. He's like, all right, you want to put a name with it? I was like, yeah, just say it's from Sleeves. And he repeated it. He's like, all right, Sleeve. And I was like, I couldn't tell if he said sleeves or sleeve, but either way, I was like, yeah, dude, it's sleeve. Tell him sleeve sent it, sent it over there. And I gave him my card, so I figured he had my name at least or whatever. Uh, but I was like, yeah, go tell him sleeve says have a good night. So I don't know how you were feeling on Sunday uh, coming up those fairways, but it uh, looks like y'all are having a pretty damn good time. We had a we had a blast. It was it was a lot of fun. It, Sunday hurt a little bit. Had yep. a rally. Yep, yep. That's what I did. I, you know, got on the plane, came over here to Nantucket. Just got finished playing Nantucket Golf Club, which is unbelievable. True links. I mean, it feels like you're over in Ireland playing. They got the tall fescue, true links. Uh, just a smooth half million to join, Sleeves, if you're interested in getting out here to Nantucket. That's it? I might take two in case I want to bring a guest. I don't want to pay guest fees. I might just buy two, slide them in there. Just a smooth half a million. I mean, how rich do you got to be when you're just dumping out 500 to just play some golf? That's unbelievable. That's and where I strive to be at some point, which I probably never will be. And it's not year round up here. I mean, it's just oh, it's, it's a quick, summer golf course. Quick season. Yeah. Quick season. I think the mid am is up there somewhere this year, if I'm not mistaken. But dude, yeah. that part of the country is sick. But sticking on this tequila topic here quickly. It was last week after the show aired, so we haven't talked about it yet, you and I. But uh in town here, Colt, you're out of town, Scottsdale. John Rom's US Open victory party was in the house. And speaking of tequila, but you know I'm not even like a big tequila guy, I drink a lot of other stuff. But uh had a couple that night with a fella out of the trophy, and it got it started off pretty quiet. It was actually like a pretty intimate little gather. I would say like 20, 25 people, you know, not no golfers. Most of them were out of town and things like that. Ben Herman, the owner of Silverleaf, was the only guy I knew. Started off everyone taking, you know, pictures of the trophy, all the stuff, and then gradually wound up, wound up after about your 13th shot of tequila out of the cup, which is not even a shot. You're taking a gulp out of this thing. Uh, started getting weird and some golf balls, fluorescent golf balls being hit off the patio and things like that. But dude, it was a time. I know you've drank out of that cup with Gary's. I was looking at the trophy too. I don't know if this is you or someone else, but Gary's name is in like different font almost than everybody else's. It's like they didn't want to, they didn't want to etch it in. They're like, God damn it. All right. Just etch it in all shitty. Maybe no one will pay attention. He probably did it himself. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Worst. Yeah. But we uh, had real, a time. I bet that was a real COVID-friendly tequila shots out of the U.S. All, all the necessary precautions were taken. Tequila kills all germs, dude. There's not a damn thing on that cup that that tequila wasn't killing, I can tell you, including everything that was in my stomach. Because the next day, I had to get up and do radio, and I was like, dude, I'm going to need 
I'm going to need a world-class effort from all y'all out here today. I was struggling. I'm not a big tequila guy, but actually the hangover, I think, is better than other hangovers without all the mixers and stuff. A hundred percent. I'm sad I missed it, but it looked like a hell of a time. Such a cool thing for John Rom. I actually texted him the next morning and said, who partied harder, you or the sleaze? And he said, me. And I said, are you hurting today? He goes, no, man, I'm too happy to be hurting. He's, a, like, yeah, he's that adrenaline wasn't wearing off anytime soon for him. I think he could have, he could have chopped off one of his toes and felt fine. And he was, he was going and rightfully so. And it was, that was a really, really cool night. So that was fun. I can check that off the bucket list, drank out of the U.S. Open trophy. That was a night, but you had a good event this week too, up there in Hartford, man. I mean, damn, what a showdown. It was unbelievable. I mean, that tournament, the Travelers Championship, it just shows off every year. You know, they have huge crowds, great field, and always an exciting finish. Harris English, Kramer Hickok put on a show, eight-hole playoff. I felt so bad for Kramer. I mean, he, he forces the playoff. He hit some – he made some unbelievable putts, but the other putts looked so good. The one on 17 in the playoff, it looked like it was dead center with like six inches to go and then lift out. He had the long one on 18. It just – it wasn't meant to be for him. Um, it was a huge week for him. You know, locked up his card. He hadn't been, been having the best season. But Harris English, man, he has turned this thing around, and he is playing some unbelievable golf. Dude, he is becoming the guy that I think at least I expected when he first came out of college. Like, I'd seen the kid. I'd watch. I was like, this guy's got everything. He checks every single box. And then for whatever reason, it's just it's not as easy as these Morikawas and Wolfs and Hovlins make it look. You don't just turn pro and all of a sudden start winning. But he's a guy that I was like, man, this guy looks like he's built for the PGA Tour and kind of coming full circle now. It's all starting to click. I mean, he won earlier in the year at the Tournament of Champions. Had a really good chance at Congaree just a few weeks ago. Back nine didn't work out for him. He finishes third at the U.S. Open where we saw maybe one live. I watched him tap in on the 72nd hole, and I was like, oh, he finished third. I didn't even know he was in the field. Does that and then goes and wins this one. I mean, he's really starting to really blossom in his career. And by the way, he moves to eighth now on the Ryder Cup. He's been one of those bubble guys, kind of the 12, 13, 11, 14, that range. He's eighth now. So if he was maybe one of the fringe guys that you could see, taking a Zalatoris or I know you like Phil on the team or whatever, like that guy, he might be, he might have just cemented his spot. I didn't say I like Phil to be on the team. I said, I think he's going to be on the team. Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. Tomato, (laughs) tomato. But anyway, if you are looking to go outside the top 12 and pull somebody and he was a name you were using to maybe bump. I mean, he's one of four guys that have won twice this year. He's second on the FedEx cup point standings. I think he's going to be really hard to not be on that, on that Ryder cup team. Yeah. I think he's going to be on there for sure. But, I, I just thank you to both him and Kramer Hickok yeah. for the show they put on because it was so much fun to watch. I can't wait. I'm off to Detroit this next week for the Rocket Mortgage. But Slays first, we have a very special guest. And I'm still bitter about this because I was texting you and the team the other night. First off, our guest is Jason Kidd, legendary NBA player, Hall of Famer, now coach of the Dallas Mavericks. You're I Dallas Mavericks. Guy. Yeah. But, you know, Adrian Wojciechowski for ESPN is he's the GOAT. He knows everything. He knows what players are going to do before players know they're going to do it. Like he he reports everything. And for the first time in my life, I could have beaten him to a story, but our man Jason Kidd wouldn't let me. He texted me the night before it became official. All the reports on ESPN were saying, hey, this is possible. They're in talks. Kidd texts me. He goes, I'm coming home, my man. I cannot wait to be the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. It's official. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, can I tweet this? It was like midnight. He's like, please don't. Just wait till tomorrow. I'm like, damn it. I want to beat him to this so bad. So he blocked me on that. But I'm so happy that Jason Kidd is the next head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I think it was just a matter of time before Jay Kidd got another shot. I know he's interviewing for a couple other jobs. Suffice it to say, this Dallas job is way better than those other opportunities he was going to have. It's going to be fun watching him with Luka, dude. I mean, Luka, a different breed, a guy. But I think Jay Kidd can help that help him a lot if he can get any better. And if that team just gets a little bit of help, if Luca can give it to somebody else who can get some buckets during playoff time, they're going to be uh, nasty. But, yeah, dude, we needed that We needed that tweet. If golf subpar yeah. starts breaking, like, NBA news, huh. and we can step on, you know, Schefter's toes or Woj's toes and just be just disrupt it a little bit, that's when we know we're doing it. But uh, what timing to get Jay Kidd on. And, uh, I mean, what a, what a sweet deal for him to go back to Dallas where he won a ring and not go try to do it again. Yeah, and, and he's a huge golfer, loves to play, loves to watch it. Just an awesome dude. Had a blast sitting down with him. Here he is, Jason Kidd on Golf Sub Bar. All right, well, we normally start off with a little intro. I rattle through the, our guest's resume, but we, we only have so much time here. There's too much shit to get to with you. You've won too many awards. So I'll just suffice it to say we got one of the best point guards to ever play the game of basketball. Currently, the Los Angeles Lakers assistant coach. 
and a damn dangerous six handicap from what I'm being told. No, Jay's no. a kid. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. But that last part, maybe fudge, maybe put a one in front of that six. You are a liar. <laughs> we have yeah. fudge. 16. That is not true. <laughs> I was looking, though, but it does say your last round of golf that you typed in into the handicap system at Westbrook was November 10th, 2020. See, that's good. So let the, my employers know that I'm not playing golf. Yep, that's that, fair. That they can go look at the record, that that was right before the, the new season started. So that was my last round. Any any stealth rounds in there, perhaps? Um, there's no golf courses in Manhattan Beach, so um, yeah. sand game. <laughs> maybe work, yeah. maybe working on my sand game at the beach, but that's as that's as much golf as I had. Well, before we get into basketball, let's let's talk some golf. How, right. how long have you been playing? Oh shoot, too long and 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 not to be good enough. So I started in high school. Um, our basketball coach was also the golf coach. And so um, I also had a teammate on the team by the name of uh, Chris Stone, who was on basketball, but was better in golf. And um, he he brought me out to, you know, because I was a baseball player. So I was like, oh, the ball doesn't even move. Oh, this is an easy game, <laughs> easy game. So they gave me a five iron. They put the ball on the um, ground. And I was like, I don't even have to guess. So I got swung and there was a divot that went. About 10 yards, and the ball was still standing right there, and I was humbled from that point. I was hooked. I love it. So the first time – you didn't play on the high school golf team, though. I would. I, no, no, they would have lost okay. every match. I would have <laughs> think your high school basketball coach might not take a star point guard and say, let's start spending some time on the golf course. No, no, he knew exactly uh, what to do. He teased me about golf uh, to humble me because I was um, – I felt I was pretty good in basketball, and uh, he made sure that he kept me uh, level-headed and took me out to golf, and that definitely humbled me. So, yeah, like, when, when you were when you were still playing, off-season, were you playing much golf? Uh, off-season, I played a lot of golf, um, especially, you know, when I got traded from Dallas here is when golf really took off for me. I don't know how well I did playing basketball, but golf, uh, I was introduced to Phil Mickelson, so I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I was Billy Mayfair, Calc, you know, these are all older guys. <laughs> but at the time, they were all studs. And I was just like, man, this is this is great. I get to learn to play the game the right way. What did you think of Phil the first time you met him? Were uh, you more in awe of him or was he more in awe of you? Oh, I was more in awe of him um, because I didn't say much. He, well, We all know he likes to talk. Um, <laughs> True. But, but I think... Um, he, I was in awe because this is someone that, you know, was at the height of his of his game, and I wanted to, you know, learn how to play. But I was actually watching him. You know, he's lefty, so I got to stand right in front of him and watch him hit balls and just try to copy what he did. Unfortunately, it didn't work. We're all trying now. Yeah, we're all, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, I ran into you at the Waste Management Phoenix Open a couple yeah. years ago. You were getting ready to go play in the Pro-Am. Yes. And the place is just rocking over oh. there on 16. You're like, Colt, how the hell do you hit it in this? But, I mean, here you are. I mean, obviously one of the best point guards ever. You shoot free throws in front of 20,000 people. Take us through that experience of going into the stadium at Waste Management Phoenix Open and trying to hit that shot. Well, it all starts on the hole before <laughs> because you can hear uh, on the par five on your second shot. For, for me, it's a layup, but for the, the better golfers, they're going for it in two. Uh, you can hear the music. You can hear the crowd. Um, you can hear if someone didn't hit the green. So you start, like, thinking about what you're going to do. And you're not even focused on the par five because you're like, is it a nine iron? Is it an eight iron? <laughs> Uh, are they going to really boo me? Uh, <laughs> uh, please hit the green and stay on the green. And you're still playing the par five. And so um, that's when the, that's when the, your butterflies start to come. And then when you start walking from the green from uh, 15 to 16, when you walk through the tunnel, when you walk through the tunnel, it takes you back to, you know, coming out, you know, before the game, when the music and the crowd, this is a playoff atmosphere. And you kind of have this feeling like goosebumps and butterflies, and you're trying to suppress them all. And then you're walking to the tee, and everybody's going crazy, and you feel out of, like, fish out of water, right? Like, this, am I really supposed to be here? This is not a free throw. Like, yeah. give me a ball and a basket, and I'll shoot the free throw. Um, and so when you, you go down, the, you've been down to put the peg down and the ball, you kind of shake. <laughs> and you don't want anybody to see that. And so... Um, then you just start trying to like breathe, like just relax. It's just a golf swing. Who really cares? 
and then everybody gets quiet as you pull the trigger going back, and then you hit it, and then when you're watching, you go, man, it has no chance. <laughs> they, they don't get quiet. You just blacked yeah. out for a second yeah. you couldn't hear them. I just went deaf. Yeah, exactly. Where'd it go? Uh, in the bunker. Did you get booze? Oh, yes. I mean, they, I mean, a Phoenix Sun. You know, uh, that's damn, a, no love. That, that's all right. I expected the booze. Um, I was disappointed. I thought I was gonna, you know, come, you know, the moment was there to be taken, and I and I, and I fell short. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I mean, such a great athlete, you come into a, a stage like that, and even you are extremely nervous. Oh yes, oh for sure. If now, if it was a basketball that we could have put on the ground, and I could have swung and hit the basketball, <laughs> I probably have felt a little bit better. But no, it's it's nerve wracking, and it, it just puts things in perspective of how good those golfers are. The pros, when they say pros. Uh, even the higher a amateurs today are, are very good. It just puts things in perspective of like understanding how good they are, you know, week to week. How much how much golf do you watch on TV? Oh, I watch a lot of golf. I watch every weekend. Love that. I get to hear a new voice, this mm, new voice mm. on there, and it, ruining it, your naps. No, <laughs> it actually uh, two things. It, it would put me to sleep, but <laughs> I also wake up to it. So it's like very cool. I miss a couple holes. Uh, I said, Cole, just put me to sleep, but I woke up <laughs> and. Uh, and it's, but I think what you have done, um, because there's, you know, a tie is that you have, you know, when someone lays a little uh, sod over a ball on a chip shot, well, I've been there before, so I know exactly what he's saying. And you just, you connect, you bring us into into that arena, and it's a great connection. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a blast. I'm glad you get to listen. I do. I think you've done a great job. Well, tell us a little bit. We'll talk a little more golf before we get to NBA, because that's what everybody wants to hear about. But give us your favorite golf course you've ever played, and maybe one that you haven't got to play yet oh dang that's cold that's a that's a bad question <laughs> <laughs> he's a better broadcaster than interviewer. No. <laughs> because uh there's so many great golf courses public private um ooh, whisper rock is my favorite of course you haven't joined three or four times <laughs> that's a good point you hear that trius <laughs> for life um you, you, uh, cyprus uh, when you talk about the west coast that whole monterey area um you can't go wrong uh, what a beautiful walk cyprus um when you go down to the south you talk about you know augusta and uh, just walking the grounds of the greats. Um, and, you know, the caddies there are incredible because you can ask a silly question, dumb question, they give you the answer. Um, and they also tell you where to exactly hit it. And I told them that I got to have a bigger margin than just that little <laughs> finger. Give me, a, give me a, four fingers. Uh, but there's so many across the country. You go back east, uh, public, uh, Beth Page Black, mm -hmm. incredible, Shinnecock. Uh, up in the Hamptons, there's a lot of great golf. Um, and so I didn't answer your question. So you played everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. I'm sure at. Pine Valley when you were in Pine Valley? New Jersey. Pine yes. Valley is unbelievable. Uh, yes, I've played Pine Valley a lot. Um, oh, man. It, so did I leave any of the bad ones out? I was going to say. You <laughs> the top ten in the world. Yeah. <laughs> in the we're good. Give me L.A. What about if you oh, do get I, to play, where do you yeah. like to play in L.A.? Um, well, you talk about L.A. Country Club. Yeah. Ooh. That's going to be a cool U.S. Open. Yes, it will. Yeah. Um, bring a bike because the traffic will be <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> will be incredible. Um, you talk about Sherwood, um, oh, Riviera. I mean, Riviera you, you can't get any better than See, that. See, the first two, Riviera and L.A. North, they're so hard. Ooh. Sherwood's fun. Like, you can actually go out and shoot a score around there. That's a golf course, right? Because you, you, you don't always just write down an eight or a seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, any Lakers that play the game? Like, do you ever yeah. get out off days Does any of the players play? Well, in the bubble, we got to play a lot. Um, because that was it was that or fishing. So if you didn't even want to play golf, you took up golf. Uh, so Coos is a golfer. Okay. Yes, he's just learning how to play golf, and which is incredible um, because he never gets frustrated. He'll play five to six balls a hole, and he has par, which is which is <laughs> he great. He gets it. He's a golfer. <laughs> he's, a go he's a scratch yeah. already. No, he's the best. I, I love because he, he's trying something new. And then the other one you won't guess is uh, AD. I, read, I was going to ask you. I read that AD is playing yes. golf. I cannot imagine. Really? Yes. Now, where does he get clubs? So oh, the clubs are incredible. And then put a... The clubs are incredible. His sandwich is like a by driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see him swing. Can he hit it? He's hitting it. He loves it. Uh, he has the golf bug. Like, it's incredible 
um, because he really enjoys golf. And uh, when you think about when you, everybody looks at AD as like this incredible basketball player, but he's an incredible person, but he actually really loves the golf. And so uh, we've gone out to golf with uh, AD and Coos, and it's great. I would love you, to see yeah. AD. So it'd be like a praying man to swing. <laughs> I mean, There's a the, lot of limbs. That, oh, that arc is going to be something fierce. Whoever gets a hold of him, right, to shorten up that 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 arc is gonna is gonna turn him into a real golfer. I mean, there's some some of those guys like Andre Iguodala. You just oh, he, he dude, Andre's good. Like he's everywhere. Andre's good. Andre's good. Uh, you know, Steph is Steph, good. Yeah. Um, there's a Steph doesn't count. You know when he's when good, I yeah. he yeah he doesn't he's too count. good at everything. But we claim him yeah. <laughs> as basketball. <laughs> yeah, you take him, yeah. So when you talk about um. When I started playing golf or coming into the league, there was only maybe a handful of guys. You know, Vinny Del Negro, MJ, um, can we say Charles? He's back. He's getting He's better. He's back, okay. dude. Uh, getting better. I know Michael said he was back too, like when coming back to play basketball. So, <laughs> so is he, but I've heard those rumors too that, that, he, that he's back. And that's great because I think before Charles had the hitches, he was a really good golfer. Yeah. And so um, I'm hoping that the rumors are true that he is back. Um, because he should enjoy it. Because the way he was playing, he was not enjoying golf. It's gotten a lot better. There's no doubt. Another uh, former Phoenix Sun, Dan Marley. Dan, good player. yes. Good. Oh, yeah. Dan. Yeah, Dan. I'll take him as a teammate any day because he competes. Dan is great. So there's a lot of golfers and and Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Oh, really? lo- yeah, loves to play golf. Um, he's and he's good. So don't let him lie to you. Darren Williams, another golfer. He got a lot of point guards who uh, are, are playing golf now, but. It's great to see these young guys playing golf. You got any rivals? Like when you go out and play with your buddies, one guy you want to beat more than the, more than anybody else? Ooh, that's another good question. You can get me in trouble with that question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I probably it's a friendly my, place. I Nobody probably I probably owe, I owe, yeah. No one listens. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, us. I probably owe money. So uh, who? Uh, you know? Oh, Frank Johnson. That's another another guy who plays golf. Um, I would say. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy the competition. Um, and so, is there someone I would like to beat? Anybody at Whisper Rock. <laughs> Are you a guy, you, you, like got cash. you like some yeah. action on the course? Yeah, that's the only way to play. I agree. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not going out there to shoot the course record. I'm just there to have one incredible hole that help, hopefully wins the team match. What's your, what's your personal best? 75. Okay. Where at? Uh, at Talking Stick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. 75's golfing. That's golfing. They must have, the holes had to be bigger that day. They, <laughs> That's a Jason Kidd special. Hey, he's coming out today. On, on Wednesdays. Give him they, a couple they, inches <laughs> on each side. We want him to come back. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned MJ. You played any golf with MJ? I have played um, a, a lot of golf with MJ early in my career. Um, I haven't been to the new place down in Jupiter. I've only heard great things. Um, so I'm going to put that on the list of great golf courses. Um, but, <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> but I haven't played with him of late, um, and I know he can play. Um, but I haven't played with him. I've been I've been a little busy uh, with this coaching thing. That's been great. Yeah, there's nobody that plays more golf than MJ on the planet. Well, no, there isn't. And if you don't know how to play fast, then you are not allowed to come back. You could play fast there. I mean, oh. you drive up on the fringe, and you you walk. You can play 18 and walk 12 steps on your little on your whoop or whatever. <laughs> with him, if you don't play fast, he he will leave you. So. Um, no, it's, he's he's a competitor, and that's what that's what the other thing is. You get to see guys and and as competitors, you know, in golf because you you got to compete um, when you're playing with with the best, and when you know they're better than you, you got to bring your A game. Yeah, well, you're one of the best ever dribble a basketball, no doubt about it, and you were like that from a very young age. Obviously, a stud going through high school and everything. What age did you realize? Okay, I got something special here. Yeah, you know, I've been asked that question before and you know it's hard because as a seventh eighth grader all I'm worried about is you know where's where can I play next you know um, we played a lot outside I just had this discussion um, with a couple kids you know we we had to play outside we didn't the luxury of playing in a gym was like slim to none if you got in a gym that was like a holiday Um, and so we played a lot of basketball outside um, and that's where you learned how to protect yourself, um, how to, to win games. You know, I always played with older guys, so I was always picked last. So I knew I had to get the ball to the score. Um, the best player on the team, if I wanted to, you know, be picked again. 
Um, so you had to figure out all these things besides playing basketball. And so um, seventh, eighth grade, there was a lot of um, attention that I got for whatever reason um, that they thought I was uh, had a special gift. And uh, but I never really listened to it. I I wanted to enjoy high school and people continued that they couldn't believe I was just a freshman going into my freshman year that I was only a freshman playing with on the varsity. You're an Oakland guy. Grew up down there or up there. Also with Gary Payton. I read that you played some pickup with him as a young kid coming up. He's a few years older than you, but I got to hear some Gary Payton pickup stories. I had to imagine he was the guy at the time in Oakland. Oh, he is still the guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was one of my favorites. GP, um, I got to, he's my older brother, mentor. Um, got to spend a lot of time with him, played for his dad's AAU team. Um, the true story, um, I was probably, I was in high school, I'm feeling very confident. Um, and I got to work out with him in the summers. And so one day we go up to Cal and we're working out and I'm feeling good. And I was more of the test dummy, so I had to play a lot of defense. And uh, I thought I was holding my own. And so uh, we, they said switch. So I was like, oh, I'm going to offense. Oh, cool, I can score on him. And so um, I go to score. Um, I quite couldn't get the ball up to the, to the rim. G wouldn't let me score. He would not let me score. And he was talking a lot of um, stuff. <laughs> Um, and so I was frustrated to the point where I was starting to cry. And he could see that I was, a, and that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> that couldn't have gone well. Yeah. That, that, that's like the shark just smelled blood. And so he, uh, he turned up the volume. <laughs> His voice seemed to go into like 4K, 5K. It was so loud in my ears. And, and he was, ooh, he was, he was not very nice that day. <laughs> So I didn't score that day, and he humbled me to let me know that I was not as good as I thought I was. How old was that? I was I was in high school, so 15, 16 years old. Real tears? Uh, real tears. Oh, yeah. And so the whole the, the, the biggest part of this whole story was I went home, and I was devastated. And I swore I was not going back the next day because I was like, I got to score. <laughs> I got to go find some kids I can score on. Um, but I went back because I knew – if I didn't go back, it was going to be worse. So I faced the music uh, again. I did get a shot up. I didn't make it. I just threw it. Uh, uh, but I, I felt like I accomplished something that, that next day. But I, I knew I had to show up because I didn't want him to think I was soft. Is he still the bringing it up to you? Oh, he oh yeah, he tells everybody. <laughs> yeah, he, but he's still, he's still the man. He's taking on a new job. Uh, he's getting into coaching. Uh, Lincoln University, a new school, uh, or not new, but um, he's going to take on coaching. And so this will be interesting that he's going to coach the three-on-three, uh, the, three the Ice Cube League, and yeah. then also this uh, school. And so I can't wait to watch this. This is going to be great. Coach Payton. Oh, uh, that, that needs coach to be that, that last chance you or whatever needs to go fall around Coach I think, Payton. I think that that's where it's going next. It I has would, to. I, 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 Netflix would be all over that. <laughs> he's got to lead the league. Whatever conference he's in, he's got to lead him in text, I would think. That's awesome. Well, obviously, you were, you were the man in high school basketball. Win every award there is. Could go play college basketball anywhere. And you chose Cal, yeah. who the year before was 10 and 18, not really a powerhouse in NCAA basketball, but you shocked a lot of people when you went there. I'm glad I didn't know their record. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were better than that. I thought they were 11 and 17. They, I, I thought, because they were my friends on that team. So I'm like, oh, I know these guys, you know, Monty Buckley, Lamont Murray. So I was like, man, I'm an easy fit here. I'm glad I didn't look at the record. I would have ended up at Kansas. Um, no, I, I had the opportunity um, to. I was lucky enough to have Kansas and Cal as the last two. Um, and I just felt comfortable staying home. Um, even though Kansas, my dad's family is uh, from the Midwest, and so that would have been home too. But, um, yeah, it was it was to stay home, and I was comfortable for my family. And then also if things didn't work out, you know, going to Cal and, and getting a degree was the, was the safety net. Yeah, not a bad place yeah. to do it. No. And you got to upset Duke in the tourney while you were there, Coach K. Tough, yeah. Tough break. We, we, uh, Grant Hill. Sorry about it. it. No, yeah. I always <laughs> apologize to him when I yeah. see him. Uh, he always brings it up first. But uh, he, you know, that whole, that whole ride my freshman year was incredible um, because when we got to the tournament, no one expected it. 
you know much from from us and no one really talks about the game before duke the lsu game because that came down to the wire and we won that by i think two or three points because if we don't win that game we all know we don't get to play duke and um grant hill says it best he goes we thought we were going to knock you out and you guys didn't go away and then once i figured out who lamont murray was it was too late and uh I'm say I'm glad that you didn't figure him out, um, but Lamont was incredible that game, and it was, you know, a game to remember. Yeah, you you played two years there, and then go to the draft '94. Yes. Get drafted by the Mavericks, where yes. I am from. By the way, a nine-year-old Colt was a big fan of Jason Kidd <laughs> Thank when you. you when you got drafted. Tell, tell us a little bit. I mean, what's that moment like? You you realize obviously a dream of getting drafted. You're the second overall pick. Yeah. And you're like, here we go. Now I'm on to a professional career. Yeah, you know. Um, I was, I don't want to say spoiled, I was very uh, lucky um, in high school to, to play against Gary Payton, Greg Foster, Antonio Davis, um, and then the Warriors when they had Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen. And so that was my dream. You know, when I got to play with them while I was in high school, I was like, this is who, this is the profession I want. I want to be able to play or, or play against these guys. And so when that day came um, to be drafted by the Mavs, I was excited because you talk about Jamal and Jimmy. Um, I was like, man, I can all, all I have to do is just pass the ball. I, I don't even have to look to score, and literally, that's a lot of times I did. But it was just a dream come true to to become pro, and to uh, to work extremely hard up to that date to to achieve that, and then understanding how much harder you had to work to be good in, at the professional level. What was the biggest difference between you think between NBA and college basketball? Uh, there's probably um, they're called men <laughs> and young men. <laughs> the men always win. Uh, that's one is the mental warfare of the game. Um, the physicality when I came into the into the league uh, was was a lot. Um, and then um, when you say college plays thirty to forty games, well, that's just the halfway point yeah. in the NBA, and you're looking around like, um, do we get vacation? Um, when's the all-star break because I because <laughs> I'm exhausted like and they go no we got 41 more to go and so that's that was one of the hardest parts for me was the 82 games uh, schedule this is a monster I can't imagine playing 82 and then playoffs if you get to the playoff there's more and that more than that but when you're the second pick overall you're the guy you're coming in you're number two Dallas wasn't very good at the time you're kind of expected to hopefully kind of resurrect that franchise but you're you're still a rookie was there a bunch of hazing for Jason Kidd when he got there the nice part, there was some hazing, um, but the, the nice part, we were young. Everyone was young. And so uh, Popeye Jones was our veteran. Uh, he was young. <laughs> uh, and so you, you, you had a, gr a great group of young men um, that was trying to learn the NBA game. And so I had to do the luggage, um, which not, was, was not always fun. Um, because of the weather in Dallas, you just never know if it was going to be cold when you landed or, or, or warm. Um, but you had to do the luggage off the bus when you got to the hotels um, and then also do the laundry, you know, the practice gear and stuff. And so, number two in the dry, you said, hey, do your own laundry. If these shoulders get tired, I ain't passing you the ball. You're not going to get any looks next game. I was just happy that I had to do that. I'm just glad they didn't make me bring donuts. Um, you know, we didn't have the 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 – the food that today's players had, we it was McDonald's or, or or Dunkin' Donuts, and so I'm just glad I didn't have to bring anybody a newspaper or coffee. Um, I was happy with the luggage. I'm pretty sure there's no rookie doing the other players' laundry right now. Well, the laundry was more or less you had to pass it out. So I'm a, like I'm a, oh, gotcha. like I didn't have to go do the laundry. Okay. I just had, you had to, to like go distribute it. Yes, I had to go get the bags and hang them on the door, um, and make and then go pick up the bags. And, uh, and so then you start trying to figure out, hey, the other rookie on the team, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want to do this tomorrow morning for me. And most of the time he would take the money. I love it. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're coming in in 94. Obviously, Michael Jordan is just dominating the NBA. I heard a cool story the first time you ever had to guard him. He gave you a little wink. He did. I'm, I'm glad that he just gave me the wink. <laughs> um, I'll never forget it was in, in Dallas and he was – and unfortunately, I had to. I was guarding him. He was posting me up, and he turns baseline. I thought it was a travel, but then I knew, <laughs> probably was. But I knew it was MJ, and so um, he goes baseline and he takes off, and I'm like, oh no! So I'm thinking he's about to do his dunk, and uh, with his tongue out, 
and he does a reverse and like just a little English and he, he gets the two points and I'm like, hmm, that's, that's a nice move. And then he t- continues to run down the sideline and turns and winks like I could have done more to embarrass you. And I'm like, man, thank you. Okay, take the ball out. Let's go. <laughs> and, and so uh, he was just letting me know that he, he was going to score no matter what. He had to be a busy man because like every like – really good player in the NBA that, that we've ever talked to or you hear it in other interviews and things like that all have like an MJ story first time with MJ he did this and then he winked or he said this to me he had to be every night he was like all right this is the guy I got to do something to make sure he remembers me oh yes and, and as a young player you've heard of these stories so you were just hoping well how does he feel about me hopefully he doesn't dislike me because if he dislikes me this means he's going for 50 not 30 <laughs> there's a big gap there and so um but that, that story in Dallas is a true story. And there's another one. Um, I, I After the draft, we end up uh, going to Chicago for Scottie Pippen Foundation. And it's to close down the old uh, Chicago Stadium. And so I'm like, oh, this is cool. We're going to, you know, Gary Payton, Penny, myself, we're going to play against the Bulls, right? MJ, Scotty, Tony Kukos. And so, well, we get to the arena and find out that Scotty's not, I mean, um, Mike's not on Scotty's team. So I'm like, hmm, he's on our team. That's kind of weird. So MJ, we're getting dressed, and MJ goes, okay, like, we're not messing around tonight. We're going to kick his ass. So I'm like, uh-oh. I might not be playing in this charity game. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, he's like, he's going at Scotty. So um, I'm like, man, this is going to be crazy. I can't wait to, like, watch this. And so we're playing, and Mike's going hard. I think Mike had to have 70 points. <laughs> did you even shoot? Did you just I, no, I just threw the ball up in the air one time, and you have Penny and, and MJ going, or someone they were going for it to catch the lob. And so it was just – it was incredible because it was like you're playing with the best, but then he you can see his drive, his competitiveness of come out, like even though it was his teammates on the other side, that he was like, okay, they won't put me with you guys. I wasn't taking it as a disrespect because I was like, that's GP too. Like, you talking bad about GP. You can talk bad about me. I'm a rookie. And so, but then he was just letting us know, like, we're not messing around. We, we got to win this game. He wants to win at everything. He wants to win at everything, as you said, Cole. Like, if it's tie your shoes or what time the sun comes up, he wants to be right and he wants to win at everything. Charity game. Yep, charity, charity. I'm gonna game. Give him Let's go. 70. I'm going to give my own team 70. But so, I mean, you, you played against him, you played against Kobe. Yes. And, I mean, you're coaching LeBron now. Yes. Is there a characteristic those three have that are all similar? Other winners. You know, at the end of the day, they find a way to, for their teams to win. And when you talk about MJ, we, we talk about, you know, the killer instinct. Um, you know, he'll do whatever it takes. He's not afraid of the last shot. Um, Kobe's in that same mode. Um, you know, when you look at LeBron, he, he can find the open guy. He can take the last second shot. Um, but he always tries to make the right basketball play. But they're at the end of the day, Mount Rushmore, they're all going to, you know, those three will be on there, and they're all winners. And LeBron has won at different different stops um, in different parts of his career. Uh, Kobe has won a lot. Um, and so when you talk about those three, all special, uh, you know, on and off the floor. And you got to guard all three of them. That's what makes you so unique as a point guard. You would guard point guards. You would guard Chris Paul one game. Then you'd guard Kobe. Then you're like, oh, here, go check Kevin Durant for a while. Like, no point guards do that really anymore. Who was the one guy that you, like, if they're like, hey, Jason, you, you're checking him tonight, that you were like, oh, shit. See, I don't, I don't like that, this. That's the key word, guard. Um, be around. Um, maybe that's the word, better word. I would be in the area. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I was supposed to be guarding. No coach. I'm in the area. He is super good. Um, well, you talk about MJ, you talk about Kobe, um, you talk about LeBron. I've all got to be close to those guys. I don't know if I stopped them. Um, but there, those three are hard. Like LeBron's too big for me. (laughs) He, uh, Kobe jumps too high. MJ jumps too high. Um, you just hope that they miss or make a or make a mistake, um, and very rarely do they. And so those three are hard. But the two that I've always – well, three, because I can't leave Gary out. Um, gee, <laughs> I want to be able to go back to Oakland. He'll find you. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, when you talk about um, Iverson, yeah. uh, I, I, just 
oh my goodness, just extremely fast, extremely gifted, knows how to play, um, puts so much pressure on you. Um, he was, I, don't, I was just in the area most of the time on accident because he would do one move, I would be going one way. By the time he did his third or fourth move, I was still in that first area, so um, he was gone. And then the one I, I would go to bed early, extremely early, was Stockton because I knew I was going to be in for a war and I knew that he was gonna do whatever it took to win and you had to bring your A game or he was gonna embarrass you. And so all those guys I mentioned would embarrass you, but I would go to bed early when, when we played well, Utah. Is he gonna run into Carl Malone 72 times in a game? In side pick and roll? Truck. Yeah, you, you have to avoid that. Um, as a rookie, I could tell you a quick story. I tried to take a charge on Carl Malone. Back then it would be a concussion. I, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, today it would be a concussion. Back then it was just stars, <laughs> and they would ask you, "Are you all right?" And I go, "Yes, just give me three seconds or four seconds. Don't let me bring the ball up. I'm just gonna stand over here in the tower while you guys run a three man game." Mm, that's a big <laughs> man. Into oh, Carl that, over and over. That's uh, gotta be yeah, did they ever take a charge by Carl Malone and live and to be around to tell the story about it? That means that you got lucky. I've heard in one interview they asked if you played football in high school. And you're like, "No, way too much contact." This is how we feel about basketball. Offers. <laughs> <laughs> Way too much contact. It, it is. There's there's points of contact and there's points where you, you you're not being um, you know hit. Now football, um, I played flag in in the in the fifth or sixth grade, um, but that's as far as football in the in the Bay Area. It was it was basketball, or baseball. Um, not saying football wasn't popular, but for me, it was more basketball or baseball. Was the game way more physical when you played compared to now? Yes. Yeah, the rules have changed. Um, you know, you know, the, the league is always trying to make the game better. And so there was a lot of holding. Um, there was probably some fights. Um, and so, you again, when you played on the playground, you learned these things of some tricks of how to hold when the referee wasn't watching or there was an elbow or, you know, you got hit in the back. Back then, too, there was only two officials. And so a lot of things were, you know, you knew what the official was looking at or you knew who was officiating, so you knew the areas that they would always focus on. So there was ways to, you know, get around certain things. But there was always um, there was physical contact on every play. Is it, is it better now, though? Because you played in one area, now you're coaching. You're still in the game. You're coaching in a different area. Do you think today's game is, is better, like, as a product? Um, I think it's – the game, the, the, the players are so talented and they understand how to make the adjustments to the rules. And I think if the players were to play when I came into the league, I think they would they would adjust to the physicality. They would know how to protect themselves. Um, today's game has changed with the three. And, and so um, if, we, if we came into the league thinking three was fine to shoot, we would all be sitting on the bench because back then the bigs, you know, Patrick, you know, David, Tim, you know, Olajuwon, we're throwing it inside and we're going to play, you know, play off of them. That ball had to go inside. If you took a three before that ball went inside, bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so you learn the lesson of like, okay, I can't, I can't take that shot. Today this shot is, is you know, is encouraged. Um, and a lot of guys are shooting it at a high rate, and 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 it's helping their teams win. And they're seven feet tall, and they're bringing the ball up now. I mean, it's just like aliens playing basketball. It it really isn't. It, it's it's special because when you see the athlete at seven feet tall, when you talk about Giannis or you talk about Dirk, who you know, at seven feet can put it on the floor and shoot the three. You know, shoot the pump fake mid range. You know, one leg. Um, you know, step back. It, it's just incredible what seven feet can do today and uh when i first came in the league they were all back to the basket and shot you know played in the post yeah he was one of the first to do yeah. it and you got to see that you got to be he a part special. of that 2011 yeah. squad that took Ooh. down the heatles you made everyone in america happy except for, for whatever what's the area code in miami 305, 305. everyone but the yeah. 305 god god bless that team yeah dirk is a special he's a special human i mean you talk about one of the best to ever do it and not just on the court, but off the court. He's a, he's a fun guy. And so to be able to play with him and to achieve that goal together in 2011, I mean, he was he was unbelievable. Yeah, you get the NBA championship. You played on two Olympic teams, 2000 and 2008. How cool is that to represent your country? Uh, and, I mean, just absolutely destroy everyone. Yeah, it's you know, it's, it's an honor to be able to wear the red, white, and blue to represent your country, um, 
to hear the national anthem. But it's also cool to see other athletes in, in, in other sports and support your country in swimming or if it's volleyball, tennis, what, you know, whatever it may be, um, to be able to be around the village and, and support your country. It's, it's, those are memories that you'll always remember and be able to tell those stories. Winning a gold medal, I gotta think, in anything is unbelievable. But as an NBA player, where you go, I mean, y'all knew you were gonna beat the hell off of everybody. Is it is it fun to go in versus name it, name <laughs> a country? I don't know. I mean, Croatia might even be one of the better ones. Yeah. But yeah. you know, we're playing, you know, Yugoslavia tonight. You're gonna win by fifty. Do y'all are in the locker room? Are y'all like, all right, we gotta really let's let's go, guys? Or are you just kind of like, dude, do whatever you want. Throw me eighteen oops. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a, there's sometimes when there are some blowouts, but I tell you, in two thousand. Um, you know, we, we Lithuania gave, we had a scare with Lithuania. They had the ball to to win the game there in the semifinals, and they they missed the shot. Um, that was a scare. And then in '08 against Spain, um, that was that was an incredible game um, that we played. And uh, you know, Kobe was huge. LeBron was huge. D Wade. I mean, there was a lot of big plays made in that game, but it wasn't a blowout. Um, it was a lot closer than people, you know would think and so there were a couple scares uh, but there were also some some games that were some blowouts um you know when we you know you have kevin no you have vince jumping over that a was, seven footer in 2000 you know that was incredible that was like oh my goodness like can he re, can you replay that one vince can you do that again like <laughs> i can't believe what you just did so it was you know there's some some memories there, you know, and then all I think it's just fun because in 2000 we got to play golf with Bill Gates down in Australia, mm. which was incredible because we were just trying to calculate how much money he like was for making, some money, <laughs> how much money he was making per swing. <laughs> uh, and so it, you know, golf is incredible because you get to meet and uh, play with some incredible people. You play with Clinton too, right? I played with Bill, uh, with President Clinton in uh, New York, um, Quail Hollow. Yeah. Yes, Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow in Charlotte. Quail, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, um, Quaker Ridge. Quaker, Quaker Ridge. Thank you. Quaker Ridge. Thank you. Thank you. Quaker yes. Ridge um, in uh, New York. Um, it was it was actually just three or uh, four of us and uh, his security detail. It was it was an incredible walk. Um, it was it was great. You talking about a great storyteller. Um, President Clinton is, I think, the best because you're just captured to what he's saying. He could be saying hello and you're like, you know, but um, some great stories. Um, but also, he's a, a really good golfer, and so I had a great time. Any other presidents you played with? Uh, any other presidents? <laughs> <laughs> any uh, five or six more? No, no. no. Well, there was a picture. Uh, President Bush was at. There was a picture with you, President Bush. And I can't remember who the other. Maybe Kobe. In Dallas? Uh, oh no, that was at the Olympics. That was at the, Olympics. the Olympics. He came to Olympics. Yeah, yeah he came to Olympics. In 08, um, I didn't get to, I didn't get to play golf in in, in China, um, but that was yeah. President, uh, we got to meet President Bush in uh, in 08. That was incredible. Uh, but no, just just Clinton. I, I know that's, that's just Clinton. Just, just one. Just one. Just one. And Bill Gates. I only got one president, hey, and the richest dude on the planet. Bill I mean. Gates was incredible. Ray Allen. Oh, that's another great golfer. Yes, he is. Ray, yeah. Ray Allen, another um, another great golf, great great person. Um, but we we got to play with him in um, in 2000, um, what, which was incredible. Was yeah. that post he got game? Uh, Jesus, great uh, film. La, la, 2000, whatever. Um, tech, I, tech, Ferris Wheel, maybe. Mean, great scene. I, that's that's he, he did a great job in that movie. <laughs> he did. By the way, I thought he 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 really did. I thought I've been asking him when's the next one coming out. Yeah. Like is he he's gotta be, have a son. He's gonna be the dad. Up, yeah, you know? he's gonna it's be a, the dad. Go to yeah. some more recruiting trips. Yeah, Bambi and the, and yeah. the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> a great memory. That's yeah. A, so uh, yeah, but Ray was great, and Ray uh, Ray plays a lot with Mike, and so um, but he can play. No doubt he about it. We gotta ask you a little bit about your coaching. I gotta know: Are you the only player to ever be traded as a player and as a coach? That's a great question. Yeah. I was trying to find it. I couldn't tell. I, I'm going to say I think Doc has been traded. Doc Rivers. Rivers? Yeah, yeah. was traded from, from Boston to the Clippers. So I, I can't say I was the first. 
Maybe the second. Okay. One of the only. I mean, what? Hey, it's an honor. Now that you're coaching a guy, you're coaching LeBron. He's on the team clearly, and yes. you beat him in 2011. If LeBron's ever slacking in practice, you ever got to remind him about that 2011 Finals. But hey, dude, oh, maybe no. if you try, you know, work a little harder in practice, you might have another ring on that finger. Nope, nope. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> no, we 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 try to skip over 2011. We go 2010, and then we go 2012. Okay. We, we don't even bring up 11. Never existed. All right, that's fair. Who? A player in the NBA today that reminds you of you back when you were playing. Um, oh, that, you, you, I wish I could be like Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, Stuck what an engine! Oh, the dunking and the, he fills up the stat sheet. What a! I would have never thought that Oscar's record would ever be broken, but clearly I was wrong. And like, the way Russ plays is incredible. Um, I would say the ball. I you know you look down in Charlotte. Um, Melo Ball plays. He's he's a special player. He knows how to make his teammates better. He's he's looking the pass. He plays with uh, with a lot of speed, um, and he's fun to, to 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 watch. And so I would say he would be like for the young group. He would be the guy that I'd say was the closest to myself. Interesting. Chris yeah. Paul. See any of that? Oh, that Chris. Would be Chris. The guy I would think of Chris Paul is incredible because he knows how he you know. What he did the other night of uh, 37 points, no threes made, is just, you know, special. And then his IQ, yeah. um, just understand how to, to you know, control the game. Um, and so what he's doing um, this year at his age is incredible. I, I know he came out and said that he, a lot of people wrote him off, but um, when your IQ is as high as his, you can never be written off. And, again, I think being with that young group, has given him you know they would say red bull give you wings i think that that young group has given him wings and he's he's he, they're playing well he also said he wasn't a superstar growing up yet he was a five-star recruit like the number <laughs> three point guard in the country so i was like yeah you're not exactly a cinderella story no he he's a special player and i, I think he's a perfect fit here in the valley and you can see that with the way the team is playing he's really good it's gonna be fun really good right now all right e9 yeah let's hit it all right we do this Jason, where we do nine fun questions, get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. Nothing, nothing serious. A lot All of fun. Right. But we asked this one. We, we've changed this recently. We've asked this to everybody. If you could trade lives with one person, dead or alive, for a day, you want to, you're going to be them for a day, who would it be? Oof. Um, Obama. Interesting. Run the world? Just for a day. Just for a day. <laughs> get me out. Because <laughs> if it's a week, I, won't, I already don't have hair. And, it, you know, everything would be great. Too much stress. But just I would – be a president for a day. What would you do as a president for one day? Just to see what, how he lived. <laughs> just just the chaos that's that's around him. Just to see you know what what that person has to go through. Yeah. All right. Running the world. Not yeah. a bad not a bad one day gig. All right. Here we go. Yes. One your, day. Your entire career, you can take any teammate, but there's a bench clearing brawl. You get one guy by your side to back you up. Who do you want? Uh, in today's game? No, or? any oh, any, any teammate you played with for your oh, whole career that you played with. Oh, oh, Mark Bryant. Oh, okay. Assistant coach with the Suns right now. Oh, I if there's a brawl, I, I would I'd be just fine with him behind me. Over Kenyon? I thought you were gonna have Kenyon. Kenyon well, strikes that, me as yeah, a guy Ken, you Ken, might want. Yeah, Kenyon would be uh, right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah. But Mark Bryant, I would say Mark Bryant would would be just fine. All right, how about this? Mark Bryant versus Charles Oakley. Mm. Look out. The MMA? Dana, do we call Dana White yeah. right now? Man, that would be a good one. That would be a good one. That, but I, I, Mark Bryan, I would feel safe okay. <laughs> in that brawl. I like it. All right. We mentioned earlier you watch a lot of golf. You're a cow bear. There's two guys from Cal right now on tour. I need to know who's your favorite current cow bear on tour, Colin Morikawa or Max Homa? Can I just say a tie? No. Mm. that's No, that's not allowed. I gotta figure out how a Cal student would answer this. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Cal political correct answer? Uh, Colin Homo. Colin Homo. <laughs> I tell you what, James Hahn gonna be pissed right now. James uh, Hahn's gonna be pissed. Sorry, James. Hey, hey, uh, uh, oh man. Okay, I, I'm gonna go just tell Max that he said Colin. Yeah, either fine. way, we're it'll be Max. fine. We're not going to tell Max you said him. He's, yeah. he's done enough right now. I'm going to go with Colin. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Thank you. That's the Beat right it. answer. Beat it, Max. Yeah, you suck, Max. He hates you. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Uh, 
I, I just realized I wrote down one extra question. This might be the E10 for you. All right, this one will be telling to how you view yourself. When I say the term triple-double, what do you think of first, golf or basketball? Oh, definitely golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That comes up right off the bat. That, yeah. There's no even – basketball is way down the line of thought. Yeah. Tri- triple-double, yes. That's triple – Double. Yeah, there you go. Double, double. <laughs> yeah, du- <laughs> triple, double machine, dude. No matter where you go. That's, <laughs> that's about fantastic. what I. That's what I sc- yell out for my scores. I love it. All right, next one. I know basketball players can be rather superstitious. Yes. Do some weird things. Give me your pregame meal before you play. Uh, pregame meal uh, was a ritual for a long, long time. Was um, chicken noodle soup and. Um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then also a slice of cheesecake with two sprites. Two sprites, like a, that's what it was. You eat like a sick sick third grader. I thought it was grilled cheese and two oh, sprites. Oh, you know, well, it was it was peanut butter and jelly and then it was also if things didn't go well, that was the that was always a trade-off. It was grilled cheese. Okay. With um mm-hmm. with two sprites and two so two sprites yeah. before a game, huh? Yeah, because one would be I would have it one with uh with my lunch, and then one I would take on the bus, just a matter of how long the, the bus ride was. Just, just to, to have get a, lot, a, little, the, a little bit more sugar. A lot more of carbonation, a lot of bit, bubbles give you some extra elevation. <laughs> <laughs> a little speed. Are there any players nowadays drinking Sprites before they go out there? I, I don't think so. It, <laughs> there's all green juice and red yeah. juice and, and all kind of like, you know, healthy stuff. Not saying that Sprite wasn't healthy. You're one of those guys that could just eat whatever and still go out there. Drop thirty. Uh, Envious uh, of that. Like Ocho Cinco, you see McDonald's on game day. Respect. Yeah. Hey, McDonald's was a was a happening place. And I think we a lot of people grew up on McDonald's because, you know, fries and the cheeseburgers were, were incredible. I think some of your income was off McDonald's as yeah, well. Yeah. It, it, it's Are still, you still getting yeah. checked? You wanna, no, you no, wanna no, plug check. like the McDouble right now? No, no, number seven. The two cheeseburgers with the large yes. fries. That's that's the go to. Yeah. You don't gotta convince me. All no. right. <laughs> Did you ever consider getting into acting after your performance with the intentional drink spilling against the Lakers to buy yourself a little more time? No, I tried the acting thing. Uh, like Mike, um, man, acting is tough, man, because the scenes, like for one little scene, takes a whole day. So I found out that acting's bad. And when I spilled that drink, that was really bad acting. I can't believe they caught that. Yeah, that was, well, yeah, that was tough. I can't believe well, they got onto that. Well, it was it was obvious <laughs> the hit me might have given it away yeah, just a little bit <laughs> that jumped my question a little bit i was gonna say you know you made a lot of money throughout your career what's the most expensive drink you ever paid for uh, oh that 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 soda that i spilled that was the most expensive that was 75 grand mm. that's a that's a few bottles in vegas <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a, a good night that's a yeah that that was an expensive drink um but lesson learned lesson learned i love it okay all right I read you used to use uh, Will Smith as an alias when checking into hotels. Is that correct? That's true. Okay, so doesn't it defeat the purpose of using an alias if you pick one of the most famous people on the planet? Well, then no one's gonna think that if you're playing for the Mavs or the Sun, Will Smith is gonna be at the hotel. Like so, be a, but like you just like if you're trying to be anonymous and you're like, oh, what's let me get a name? Oh, Will Smith, Brad Pitt. Why don't you check in under Brad Pitt or something? It feels like it that, defeats the purpose. It was just you know I was. Will Smith was the easy one, and I thought no one's going to call and think Will Smith is here at the at the hotel. So, and also I'm I'm a big fan of Will Smith's, uh, so I thought being Will for the day at the hotel was great. And Elmer Fudd, right? Yeah, dang, you guys got all this information. Yeah. You guys dig deep. Yeah, we. You guys don't have no idea. Elmer yeah, Fudd is Elmer Fudd there? Yeah, he's yeah, in three twelve. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. Next question. Your life is on the line. You get to choose your best chance to stay alive. It's either Shaq has to make five free throws in a row or Sir Charles Barkley has to make par on a straightaway 350-yard par four. Which way do you think you can stay alive? Okay, what's Charles teeing off with? Can he tee off with like a five iron? Sure. Like Phil was coaching him up so well in that, in that like, hey, you got to use a seven iron off the yeah. tee. Keep it in play. Um, oh, I, I, oh, man. Oh. He might just be dead. <laughs> <laughs> This could be the end. Is there, of is, there a, kid. Is, is there a time limit on how long Shaq has to take to make five free throws? He's just got to make five in a row. I'm a ooh, I'm gonna go with Shaq. Oh, Charles, that could take. Oh, I man. think Chuck could make a par three fifty straight away in a shorter amount of time. He's than getting Shaq better. Five. I know, I know he's getting better, but 
Alright, Shaq I'm, it is. I'm going with Shaq. They might Shaq to... had to rebound his own ball. Could take a while. I, I it's funny because I think Shaq would make five in a row. That'd actually be a good thing for them to do on the on inside yeah, the NBA. Yeah. yeah. All right, last one. Here we go. Which rap song is more iconic in the Bay Area? Looney's I got five on it. Two shorts, freaky tales, or J Kids, what the kid did. Well, I went triple not platinum. Okay. So triple aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Triple foil. Uh, so I, let's cross that one out. Okay. Uh, ooh, I, I would say um, I got five on it. Has to probably be. That's got to be it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a close third. I didn't know you had that until <laughs> I was digging around. And then I Woo. saw it. I was like, wow. You'd be perfect for the bomb squad. So yo. <laughs> that's, our, that's my rap group that's with Graham DeLette. We got one other golfer. I, we're, we're talking about putting you, in, putting you in there for the next album. Get guest appearance. Yeah, I mean. Featuring J. Featuring, Kid. Woo, man. Yeah, I gotta we'll let start, you know. I got to start practicing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a box. You know, one of those things you say, hey, let me try. Well, we tried, and, and we never did it again. <laughs> Check and it the, off. And then Check the acting, off. tried, and never did again. So, um, but. Yeah, those things you, you sometimes wish they go away, but for whatever reason, that song comes up once in a while. Internet lives forever, dude. Forever. Yes. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, JK, yeah, this has been awesome, man. Thank I appreciate you so much. It. Thanks, appreciate guys, it. for having me. Thank yeah. you. All right, well, that was Jason Kidd on Golf Sub Bar. Sleaze, love sitting down with a guy like that. It's so cool to see, like, a superstar athlete, a Hall of Famer, when he steps out of his arena, like he talked about at the Waste Management Phoenix Open during the Pro-Am there on Wednesday, how nervous he was. I mean, here's a guy who can shoot a free throw in front of a million people, no problems at all. You put that golf club in his hands, and it's a whole nother level. I know. I love talking to these celebs that are coming from another sport into golf, especially 16 at Waste Management. I mean, that's the that's it. That's as big of a spot as you're going to get, most nerves possible. And every one of them is just, like, shitting down their leg, even though they've won Super Bowls or NBA championships, Olympic golds, whatever. It's beautiful. I think the story I love the most was I, I really loved Gary Payton growing up, big Gary Payton fan, and then – being an Oakland guy, obviously, Jay Kidd growing up with him, too, and going in and playing, and Gary Payton literally putting Jason Kidd in tears growing up to the point where he didn't even want to play hoop, and he didn't even want to go back down there. Uh, Gary Payton, I, I love those kind of before-they-were-who-they-were stories like that. It's awesome. Well, how about when, I mean, he gets drafted, and he's coming in, Michael Jordan in his prime. He gets to guard him. Oh, and then he gets a little piece of Kobe and also a piece of LeBron. It's like, dude. Jason Kidd went up against all of them. Every one. He'd go in like a, in a single NBA playoff series. He was guarding like Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. I mean, oh, Kobe, by the way. Like the, he had the toughest job every single time. There's no point guards anymore that can that can guard that range of positions um, like he did. And he, it was just that's what kind of separated him and made him so unique. I mean, he was a, a beast. Looking back, who would you say had the more successful rap career, you or Jason Ooh. Kidd? You know, I talked with Graham Dillette after the show, and I was like, hey, dude, I know it's been a while. People are talking about this reunion album. A lot of people asking about it. I got a new member, if you know, if you think he fits the bill. And uh, he's like, who is it? And I was like, Jason Kidd. He's like, maybe he doesn't have the street awareness that you and I had growing up, you know, the street cred. But, uh, yeah, we'll slide him in. So potentially a Bomb Squad album, Graham Dillette, Drew Stoltz, Jason Kidd. I think he slides right in there. He has one smash hit. We basically have one smash hit. It's time to put them together. I, I love it so much. And by the way, <laughs> Sorry to our guy, Max Homa, but Colin Morikawa is his favorite cow bear. Sorry, Max. We may have steered him that direction just a little bit. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say. That might not hold up in a court of law if that was like a murder interrogation, but they, it came straight from the horse's mouth. What are you going to say? He likes Colin Morikawa better than you, Max. Tough break. You got all the Twitter followers and all that. Colin's got Jason Kidd. Oh, I love it. Well, it was so much fun sitting down with Jason Kidd. All right, let's get to the gambling sleaze. You had a big week at the U.S. Open. I've been cold as ice, and I thought I was once again about to be cold as ice here again at the Travelers Championship. You brought Kevin Spearman down. He's been playing fantastic golf. I did you it. brought him back yep. down, humbled yep. him a little bit. I had Paul Casey, who I was, you know, Prince money at the Travelers Championship. I have the group behind him on Thursday. I'm sitting there. He's four under par through nine holes. I'm like, all right, here we go. Paul's going to do it for me. Then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, he's laying down on the ground the next four holes. His back went out. His caddy was trying to get him to withdraw. Ended up toughing it out. For a little T37 to make me a little money. But, man, this thing has not been good for me lately. Producer Mark, give us a little update on the standings, please. Yeah, Casey gutting it out got you $30,744 only um, with some big prizes out there. And that brings your deficit 
down to $1,040,594. Nothing in it. Smooth, Millie. If there's like 84 weeks left in the season and I keep making 30 grand a week, I'll be, I might be yep, in there. And I miss every cut, which I could. I'm still on post-US Open hangover, so probably miss again this week. Well, we got the Rocket Mortgage Classic up in Detroit this week. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau, heavy favorite, as he should be. This is the first time we kind of saw him put that new power game to work last year and absolutely just ran away with the title, which I thought he would. I thought he could just demolish that golf course. I think he can again this year. I just wish I still had him. Um, unfortunately, I do not. So I'm going with a guy that can also move it, has been playing some really, really nice golf this season. Jason Kokrak is my pick. There you go. Trying to be the first three-time winner on the PGA Tour if he can get it done on, in 2021, if he can get it done this season. I'm mad at Jason. He's another guy lobbying for a potential Ryder Cup spot, too. So some big, big weeks coming up for him left. Uh, we only got like eight weeks left in this thing. I was just looking at it, and I still got a ton of big dogs. So I'm about to start emptying the clip here going forward. I got DJ Brooks, Bryson, Rory, Finau all still available. I'm going this week with the man you mentioned, the heavy favorite, Bryson DeChambeau. For all the reasons you just listed, he can just shrink this golf course into nothing. He won last year. He just, it just allows him to do everything he wants to do on the golf course. And then when you put that putter in his hands, which he's also pretty damn good with, by the way, it's a, it's a perfect setup for him. So, I mean, I'd be, I'd be stupid not to pick him here. I'm not going to use him at the Open Championship. This is the spot, so I'll go with Bryson. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, I think he, I mean, he's the favorite, and he should be. You know, they, they had a ton of rain last week. Um, it was like a state of emergency in Detroit. I heard somewhere eight to eight inches to almost a foot of rain in some place that the golf course is going to play. It's not it's not a long golf course, but it's, it's definitely going to play longer than it normally does. So it also plays into his hands. So we'll we'll see what happens at the Rocket Mortgage. But Slays, the hits keep on coming. We got another fantastic guest next week. Our man at the USGA, Jason Gore, sits down with us. It is so much fun. Love Jay Gore, one of the best dudes on the planet. The big teddy bear, that is Jay Gore. Yeah, we dive into his USGA role coming up a little bit. You know, his U.S. Open there at Pinehurst and all, and just really everything. And a guy that, since he slid into that role with the USGA, the players rave about him. They love the setups now. He's kind of the middleman to make sure that nothing gets aired out on Twitter and that all the players' needs are accommodated in terms of golf course setup going in. So, yeah, such such a such a beauty. And responsible, by the way, allegedly. For the seagull on top of Charlie uh, Hoffman's locker yeah. at the U.S. Open, and moving it around to like the the big huge Rolex and all the other places too. And we also discussed whether he may or may not be my father. We don't it's know. It's been discussed. Yeah, Maury <laughs> Povich will need to be brought in for this. And you're up in Detroit. You, what do you got planned up? You're gonna go swing by Eight Mile, get a little freestyle battle. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can get Eminem to come on Golf Subpar. Good, I know good. that'd be a dream for you. Uh, throw my name out, please. That could that could move the needle just enough. But if you get Eminem, it's it's over. We retire after that episode. I love it. All right, well, that's gonna do it for this week. We'll talk you talk to you on next week's golf subpar. <laughs>